Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero, zero. Hello, world, and welcome to the number one podcast for space travel, the Gadget Cast. My name is Gregory McFadden, joined always by Travis MCP. Space travel. Space cowboys. <laughs> oh, I keep bringing the space cowboys. It's space, space, what is it? Space what? Space travel. Space travel. That's, yes, uh, that's for anyone who listened to last week's Yeah, show. that's a contribution uh, from our, uh, you know, we, we gave him the week off because he did such a good job last week. We're like, you know what, Willie, do you did such a great job. Just take the whole week off. We're going to have Viper fill in for you this time. Uh, spoiler alert, Viper is on the show. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. spoiler alert. Way to, way to jump on. the shark on, on this one, buddy. Uh, but we said to Willie, you know, Willie, do take the week off. And already Willie, do has contributed to what I think, and I, I would love to see, uh, email feedback. I would love to see chat feedback. I would love to see feedback in Apple podcast reviews, wherever you can leave your feedback. What did you think of that new intro song? Uh, I gotta say, Travis and I wrote that song together. So it's a little special for us that we kind of both wrote that song. And so we think, let me tell them, let me go let ahead. Me tell them the real story, Greg. Okay. Here's a real story. First of all, uh, that Greg did 90% of that song. So, mm-hmm. I mean, listen, if you liked it, that was good. Now I put the part that slaps a little bit, mm-hmm. that little, like that part, I'm like, it's missing something. And I put that in there, I produced it. And then later that night, I got obsessed with making music on my iPad using GarageBand. And I made like five songs and I got like a SoundCloud now. It's ridiculous. But I think I think the song is great. It feels it feels authentic. It feels good. So that's our new intro. But you know what? We um we did get more entries for people that like threw stuff our way for song stuff. Yes, yes. We still continue to get song entries. If you guys want to keep continue sending songs and stuff, I will play the ones that I like at this point. We're getting we're getting so many that I I get to be selective now to the point where I'm like, well, you know, I I get to pick the best submissions and stuff like that. Uh, But yeah, I really like that song. I think it's a good intro after the whole uh, epidemic sounds fiasco. I I think it's the official song in Gadget Cast, but we would love to hear your feedback on it. And uh, yeah, now now. I'm going to play the next song because I have a special presidential address, a special update on the campaign. Okay. Remember I ran for president and I had a mission in mind when I ran for president. And I got to say, Travis, as, as one of our former presidents once said, mission accomplished, mission accomplished. Mm. Um, you know, yes, that's indeed. that never came back to bite anyone in the butt when they said that. But uh, let me play you. This is a submission from uh, he sent in a lot of song submissions. He's pretty good at it. Uh, Sir Jarl. And he made this special intro, which he said was very fitting for the presidential Greg setting. And, and me and Travis fully agreed with him. So let's hear that before my presidential address. Ladies and gentlemen, Gregory McFadden, presidential 
candidate for these United States has an important update on the status of his campaign. We did it. We did it. We started this campaign with one goal, one goal, and that was to stop Yeezy. Our whole campaign was centered around the fact that Kanye West got into the presidential race. And I stood here in front of all of you and I looked you straight in the eyes and I said that I was running for president and that I would beat Kanye West. And you know what? Kanye West, as of the making of this show, has officially dropped out of the presidential race, meaning mission accomplished, my duties fulfilled. I now feel comfortable uh, saying that the threat has been eliminated. And now, because of that, I will be suspending my presidential campaign and, you know, just letting the other two guys go at it. Because I only got into this to stop Kanye. That was the biggest threat to democracy and he's gone. So I'm suspending my campaign. Kanye West is defeated. Mission accomplished. Gadgetcast, the most influential political podcast on the spectrum, I think, Travis. Yeah, you on the spectrum. All right. Listen, uh, congratulations, I guess. Uh, you did it. You said you would get the president to wear a mask. He wore a mask. You yes. thought you said you would you True. would stop stop Yeezy? You stop Yeezy? I, I think it's a great time to to get to stop. I mean, you're undefeated at this point. I, I'm kind of blown away. I canceled Yeezy. Just putting that out there. I canceled Yeezy. It was me. I canceled Dr. Disrespect. It was me. That's Full true. credit. That's true. I, I, you know, people say, where's Dr. Disrespect? He's canceled. Uh, you know, Yeezy's gone. Dr. Disrespect's gone. And Trump wore a mask. So I think I think I accomplished everything I set out to do. So, you know, I don't need to be president anymore. It, you know, now I can get back to making YouTube videos and podcasts, you know, the important things in life. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that because I wasn't sure what the heck was going to happen if you actually won. So I, I'm really happy this mm. is over now. Yes. So very happy about this. I, you know, if I you know, have to step back in, if I have to step back in, if another threat arises on a Godzilla level scale, I will do it for the American people. But for now, I'm going to rest up a bit. I'm going to hibernate. I'm going to meditate and I'm going to get even stronger. So the next time another threat comes out of comes out of somewhere, I will cancel them with so much devastating presidential power. You won't believe it. I mean, I already don't believe it. It's it's really <laughs> phenomenal, ladies and gentlemen. All right. You know who else thinks it's absolutely phenomenal and is wondering probably why the heck he's here? It's the man about tech Viper is here. How you doing, Viper? Good to see you. You know, oh, we can't hear I'm you, buddy. Okay, oh, Travis. How you doing? We good. We good, baby. We good. Now look. Oh, you I'm you sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that that Greg is this way. I'm sorry. I, I, there's nothing I can do about it at this point. I've given it up. What do you think about his presidential campaign? You know, as a guy who's had Greg on my live stream many a times, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of perplexed when he announced his presidency for the sole purpose of disrupting Kanye West's presidency. But you know, as a guy who set out very, very high goal, high bar, high expectation for himself to single-handedly stop Kanye West from assuming the Oval Office, and he got it done. I mean, we got to give a shout out to presidential candidate or president-elect Gregory McFadden because he got it done. Conway, Kanye bowed out. Greg is in the Oval Office. He is doing big things, and I can't wait to see more from President Gregory McFadden. That's right. 
Amazing. Thank you, Viper. I, I appreciate that. That was uh, <clears throat> that was heartfelt. And I thank you. You know, Viper, technically part of the campaign. So, Viper, uh, you deserve some credit as well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, this is a tech podcast, believe it or not. This is yeah. a tech podcast. And we got, we got some it. tech stories to talk about. What a crazy week it's been. Uh, it does. It feels like one of those weeks where it's been like a month. Uh, so, you know, it's been a week since the last gadget cast. And uh, Twitter <laughs> completely taken over, completely taken over uh, mm. by some weird. I don't do we even know like the full story. It was like some like bitcoin hackers who like all of a sudden had access to like every single account like i don't even think it was just the verified accounts like they technically had control of every single account but they only they only managed to uh start tweeting from the verified ones and they tweet out like this thing like oh uh give us some bitcoin money and we'll double it and they were tweeting out from like uh bill gates's account Elon Musk, I think like Joe Biden got hit, uh, Barack Obama Mr. got Beast. hit, right? Yeah, there's a lot of, so here's the thing. And Bandrew said something in the chat, which I totally agree with. I think Roberto Blake talked about it as well. It's like, what if they could have gotten in? And I just read an article this morning about this, why they didn't, why they were not able to get into the president's account. Now the president's account had been, and I'm using quotes, accidentally deleted a couple of years ago. And um, because of that, they put some secondary measures in so that they would not have been able to get into it. Now, this is scary because one of the things that, that what they don't know is if those people got to read people's DMs. And it's something that Twitter had also admitted a while back that they some employees have access to DMs. But the fact that especially America right now is so we're being led by a person who likes to tweet a lot. I'll just leave it at that. So that his thoughts and feelings and everything on everything is on Twitter. And if someone takes that over and tweets something he didn't say, and then he says later he didn't say it, unfortunately, he says that sort of thing all the time and we know otherwise. So we might just believe that he really meant to tweet something when it legitimately could have. This is like the, the crying wolf thing literally could be someone could take over for him and we would not know it because we're like, well, you just, anything can happen on that Twitter account. It's a scary proposition. Uh, Viper, what do you think about what happened this past week uh, on Twitter? You know, Twitter being one of actually, if not the largest real time media outlet in the world. I mean, when you think about top verified account being hacked, it is pretty scary. Um, because like you said, Travis, if somebody else is tweeting from the presidential Twitter account, nobody would know. If somebody is tweeting from Apple's account or Mr. Beast or anybody else's account, we don't know. I was kind of joking about this on my live stream last night or I think on Friday night about John Prosser and how he's been missing and things like that. Somebody else could be tweeting from John Prosser's account and we don't know it because maybe he's been hacked. So that kind of deep fake activity where you it's hard to trust who's tweeting what when you don't know if they've been hacked or not, that does make this kind of dangerous to consider how easily this happened and how much access these hackers had after we realized what happened in the in the duration of this hack so yeah definitely some scary stuff going on and we need to try to figure out a way to lock this down because i don't know man it's crazy uh friend friend of the show renee ritchie seems to have all the information about uh what's going on uh it was a person who found a few sim rappers to sell og accounts for him waited for them to start doing it and then started tweeting Bitcoin scams and downloaded DMs from eight accounts. So he does have <laughs> DMs from eight accounts. Twitter, Twitter employees had pinned the password to their Slack. And this hacker, in parentheses Kirk, got access to it. Uh, and Twitter won't say which eight accounts were downloaded, but did say they 
weren't verified accounts, which is interesting. You think you target ver- verified accounts, uh, get some interesting dirt on them, and then uh, blackmail them. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you're just seeing here how how just one momentary lapse of security can lead to something as catastrophic as this, as uh, Twitter employees pinning a password to their Slack, which, by the way, I'm no security expert, but that's like the first rule of like security is like, <laughs> don't leave the sticky note on your computer. I assume leaving it pinned to your Slack is even, uh, <laughs> that's even worse than the sticky note because anyone could see that. Right? Well, um, exactly. If they, if they intended it to do it on purpose, then it doesn't really matter. I mean, that's the thing about all the security measures that we have in place. Everything that's built out there, everything that's been built, everything has been built by human beings. And there is no such thing as a perfect human being. So everything that we build, all these wow. security measures, protocols, they will all have some faults, some policies in them that can be exploited. And then when you put that, when you uh, consider the fact that some human being can be manipulated and corrupted, that makes it even more scary because on top of the uh, innate flaws of human beings, you got corrupted human beings and politicians. And yeah, it's just like I said two years ago, privacy is an illusion on the internet. I mean, if you're on the internet, you should probably assume that you have no privacy because it's, it's not, it doesn't exist. Right. And and there is a difference between, uh, you know, not having privacy and just getting like your account taken over. And also, you know, these accounts got their accounts taken over through no fault of their own. It wasn't like they had the weak link in the security, uh, exactly. you know, thing. It was just like master account Twitter. Like, here you go. Access to any account you want, except, I guess, the president's account said that extra safeguard in there. The crazy thing to me about all of this, guys, is... Uh, what a what a lame scam. What a lame thing to post on. You have access to all these prominent Twitter accounts and you post a Bitcoin thing. You give you give me well, access to all those accounts, Travis. I'm I'm going uh, I'm going a little more. You know, I got my I got my eyes on the prize a little higher than that. Well, there's a couple of things. Number one, we need to get our politicians to stop tweeting so that it's not as powerful as that. So if it was a couple of secure of like celebrities, it's like, Oh, that's, that sucks. That's too bad. But when we have a lot of legit politicians giving their like honest opinions and, and what they're going to do about laws and stuff, then it becomes a, something that can be weaponized. And the problem with this is with the fact that this can be, I mean, so apparently easily hacked or hacked or whatever you want to call it. Mix that with the incredible amount of deep fake technology that is being created. And that whole scenario of deep fakes that people used to say, it'll be scary when someone makes a video like that. What if that person tweets a video, like a verified video from a verified account, and it's a deep fake that you can't really tell, you have no reason to not believe it. Like it's one thing to find a a video that's deep faked on some random website. Like that's kind of believable, but still. But if it gets tweeted directly from like a politician's Twitter account, you basically have removed any type of question that whether or not it's real. Viper, what do you think uh, as far as this goes? Is this something you'd be concerned about? I mean, yeah, I, I like I said earlier, I think you will be very concerned, especially like you said, if it's a deep fake thing, because deep fakes are very, very hard to to detect because the whole point and whole nature of deep faking someone or something is to make sure that it goes off without being detected. Um, I don't know. I mean, you gotta, I mean, but again, I go back to the point where if a hack is going to happen, it's going to happen regardless of how many security protocols are in place because human beings are flawed and no security system is going to be impenetrable enough to not be hacked 
when there's corruption involved, when there's money involved, when there's just the logical fallacy of human beings as a whole not being able to cover every loophole and vulnerability out there. I mean, we are always open and vulnerable to being hacked, no matter what the medium is. So I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing to to try to grasp. But yeah, Travis, a deep fake uh, video on a verified Twitter account could cause all types of problems worldwide. Yeah, I think I think this whole Twitter uh, hack, for lack of a better term, I guess it was kind of uh, it really exposes like how much power Twitter just has as a platform. And is this even something like, you know, Twitter, it's a company. Uh, they get to make their own decisions and stuff like that. But you see just how how important Twitter is in our in our modern digital society. It's where most people, maybe not most people, actually, I probably shouldn't say that. Most people get their news from Facebook, I think, which is the wrong way to do it. But uh, a lot of people get, you know, verified information from Twitter. There's a lot of journalists on it. It's a platform uh, that's that's very important in our society. And there's, you know... You would be foolish to think that uh, Congress did not take notice this week and they're having a bunch of like high profile hearings coming up pretty soon uh, about like platforms with like Facebook. I think Tim Cook's even going to be there. And, uh, you know, is should a private company like Twitter? I mean, I know it's publicly traded. I mean, just, you know, should they have this kind of power to influence society in this way? Or should that be? Stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. Because you just said, Greg, that Congress is having hearings. Greg, who is currently running Congress? Who runs Congress, Greg? Enlighten uh, me. Nancy Pelosi. Kanye, right? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not Kanye. Greg, who runs Congress? Come on, Greg. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> the people that run Congress are usually older folks who are privy to how technology works in the current digital age. They have no clue how it works. They get people like Sundar Pichai and Tim Cook up on Congress and they're asking questions about how does the iPhone connect to the internet? Can Google search this? Can Google search that? They have no clue about how technology works at a basic fundamental level, but yet we rely on these people to lead our whole entire country, which is run by technical systems. They can't even fathom, Greg. Are you? Are we serious right now, Greg? Are we serious? I'm just throwing the question out there is something as important like this as, you know, Travis is making a good point. If uh, they released a deep fake of Trump and he's like, you know what, it's time to go to war with this nation, Uh, you know, in this in this age where people respond really quickly and stuff like that. Could that could that start like nuclear Armageddon? I don't know. Uh, They wouldn't have a clue, Greg. If if, if there was a deep fake tweet sent from Trump's account, it would literally start a world war because nobody in Congress or the government will question it because they probably would think it's authentic. Whereas we who are tech savvy will at least have the critical thinking analysis to think, well, wait a minute, did he say that for real? And actually question it, but they wouldn't question it. But 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 there could be some form of oversight. Uh, and again, no, I don't. I, there's never going to be a secure enough system because even governments get hacked and stuff like that. But as Twitter holds increase, increasing power, and and not even Twitter, Facebook, all these other digital companies, uh, they hold a lot of power, and there's really no competition up here. So, what you know, maybe they deserve some sort of regulations. I don't know. I'm just throwing the questions out there. I don't. I don't know what I believe in. I kind of agree with you. That most of the people uh, in our government really don't have a clue, no. but uh, is that is that still something you want to leave up to a private company when you know they can technically decide whatever they want to do? Yeah, and and I'm, like I said, when you got corruption and money involved, you don't know what the private company's motives are. So 
Now you got to worry about is the proper company being like coerced or is, are they being influenced by outside forces because maybe the outside forces have more money and more resources than the other people that are supposed to be in control. So I don't, it's a whole can of worms that we don't have time to go down. It's just it's craziness. I feel I feel like there could be some sort of safeguard against this. And again, no safeguard would be 100% effective, right? But I feel like Twitter needs to look at this situation and go, okay, you know what? I they, certainly hope so. Yeah, they, they, they tweeted out some like Bitcoin scam. Uh, Renee, before saying in the chat, I saw that maybe it was some kind of distraction, might be a theory. And maybe it was, maybe it was something more uh, devious than that. But in a way, it's a bullet dodged and it's a way to learn a lesson about it. Yeah. And... I would hope Twitter as a as a company realizes just how much damage this this can cause. And I'm sure I'm sure there's people at the company that do. But uh, if they don't, that's when you have to have like bigger entities look at this and go, OK, th- this there has to be some way to ensure that your employees don't leave a password, you know, pinned to their slack and anyone could just walk in and get access to these accounts which hold tremendous power and and you know what uh we just live in such an age of disinformation there's already so much disinformation out there and even when people like say uh even when someone says something clearly people lie and just go no they didn't say that they said something else so it's it's all crazy greg hopefully twitter learns the lesson but we need to talk about some more news that got dropped this week by our very old travis mvp dropping bombs yesterday man travis dropped a bomb bro we gotta talk about what Travis, what'd you do? Trevor, Trevor put out a video questioning everything, questioning everything that we know. Before I move oh, on to Travis, I just, I do want to stay on this Twitter story for just one more beat. And that is to story say, perfect. none of the verified accounts could tweet. And that morning, ironically, I, <laughs> I, I sent out a tweet to Twitter going, when are you going to verify me? And then like, that's the day it happened. I was like, oh, never mind. I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll stay in my non-verified account. At least I could tweet. I really liked like the Morris code, like bigger accounts were sending out, like they were like retweeting people trying to communicate all, all, all the bad stuff aside. I thought that was a really fun time on Twitter, minus the ramifications of all these accounts. That was a, a little bit of fun on Twitter, to be honest with you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Watching him like look out, look in from the outside. Oh, kind of funny. Yeah. It, it, was yeah, a little, it was a little funny. <laughs> But the funny thing is that ended up becoming uh, like a storyline within itself. That was the primary storyline. People going, oh, the, the have nots versus the haves and mm-hmm. the verified versus the unverified. Felt now, for good. those of you listening who don't are not on Twitter and don't even know what we're talking about, let's really quick see if we can clear that up. So Twitter obviously is a place where you can freely share your thoughts and opinions. I'm sure you've heard of it. But the one thing you may not know is there's something called verified versus unverified. Those are check marks that are beside someone's name to basically verify that that is actually their account. It's really meant for people in that are like either famous or politicians or whatever the case may be. Like me. To just like, yeah, to, to like Greg, but Greg is not verified. <laughs> just so that someone can't make a fake account in order to then spew nonsense. Well, during this whole thing, they locked down because it seemed like all the people that were being attacked were verified accounts. They locked all of those people, including people like John Prosser, uh, out from being able to tweet from their Twitter accounts. And what ended up happening is there were a lot of memes going on on Twitter from the people who are unverified, which is like 95% of the platform and kind of were like, this is what you get. This is what you get. And you know, that sort of thing. So the, the larger thing that we just talked about 
was the more important thing that I'm glad we were able to talk about on Gadgetcast, but it is interesting how it quickly devolved into, yeah, that's what you get for being the upper 1%. Yeah, it was, it, very was, interesting. it was a very eat the rich kind of moment. And it was, it was kind of, it was kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. As, as someone not in the 1%, I did, I did chuckle a little bit like, ah, this is what you get being verified. How dare. But you know what? Now that it's all over, I would like to be verified Twitter. So make it happen for. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what who knows what I will do at this point, right, Travis? I don't know. Anyway, uh, uh Lord knows what, what bombs you dropping, Travis. What do you what do you I don't know. I make stuff up and then I put it online. No, you didn't make anything oh, up, man. Whoa, whoa. You brought up you brought up a very, very good point about the the note twenty lead. Uh, are they intentional? Is Sammy doing it on purpose? Uh, mm. I took some, I took some loose strings and tied them together. I mean, <laughs> let me just be honest about this. Don't be I'm trying to make anything. Don't be trying to be all coy now, Travis. This is your podcast, baby. Let it out. <laughs> I'm trying to make, make entertaining videos, and sometimes it's difficult. But so what, what Viper's talking about is I released a video this morning that uh, talks about how the Note 20 leaks may or may not be uh, intentional. And I, I don't even know what to believe anymore. I mean, my, I guess my reality, my, my rea- especially after reading some of the comments that so many people agreed with me, I was like, oh, I actually didn't expect that. I thought a lot of people were going to say I'm crazy. So here's what. Here's what I, I hung my hat on as far as that video goes. And again, very loose wires that I'm tying together here. Number one, I'm tying the fact that um, Jimmy knows promo or Jimmy, Jimmy is promo who uh, is you know, a larger YouTuber who's been on for been on YouTube for a long time. Uh, got access, hand, hand access on a Galaxy Note 20. Now, here's the thing. When the Pixel 3s leaked a couple years ago to like those Russian people that made videos. There was a lot of, uh, you know, J- Prosser was talking about maybe they had been leaked on purpose, but even if they hadn't been, it was almost kind of believable because it's in like weird countries where that sort of thing could just happen. But we're talking about Jimmy's promo. Good old American guy has his hands on the, the device. This is the first time since the, the iPhone four that a phone is just straight up leaked, but the iPhone four was not leaked to a person. It was left in a bar and someone found it, right? It was, you know, that was a complete mistake. This ended up in the hands of a YouTuber, which is just weird. Then I made mention that that particular video that he made on it was really weirdly shot because it doesn't go with the form fact, the form of his other videos. But again, I was like in a vacuum, maybe he just wanted to do something special, you know, just try to like try to protect his source. And that makes sense. But Within that same amount of time, the actual pictures from Samsung leaked. I'm like, bruh, come on. How are you going to leak? Because I've worked in a corporation before that that released products. And to my knowledge, those product images don't go on the, at least that website anytime a month before they're going to they're gonna release the product. Because just in case someone flips the wrong switch, you don't put product images that are unrele- of an unreleased product on a freaking website. You don't do that. You maybe email them, you slack them, you you know, you do these other things. But they they all of a sudden were leaked on Samsung's website. So I'm like, if you put those two things together, starting to look like Samsung might be quote leaking things to to get some excitement and look, it worked. Whether it was on accident or or on purpose, it worked. Um would I would you believe me Travis if I told you that Samsung actually has a uh, track record of doing this? I would believe you, of course. So uh, earlier this year on Friday Night Vibe, I had Max Weinbach, probably the world's most accurate Samsung insider. And during that live stream, he de- he had discovered the date of the unpacked event that happened back in uh, that was going on in March. 
Uh, I think it was like the end of February. He was on the live stream. And he had a, somehow through some website he had uncovered when Samsung was going to have their unpacked event for the Galaxy S20. Mm-hmm. The very next day, Samsung actually came out and made it official. So right. Samsung actually has a record of kind of coming right behind an actual leak and then making it official or putting something official out there. But yeah, when he man, when Matt uncovered the actual leak on my live stream, man, he put it on Twitter during the live stream. The next day, Samsung put out sent out the official invite for the for that unpacked event. So. Yeah, but the difference there is the difference there is the images are going to be used the next day. This is months. This is like a month. Over a month in advance, you're going to have images on your it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Now, having said all that, I, I it's probably just a mistake. It's a dumb mistake. Someone should probably get fired for it, but it's probably a dumb mistake. Um but at this point, it's smarter. I saw someone said left a comment that said this, which I, I totally agree with. It's smarter for companies to take control of the leak narrative. Apple is finding that out this year. Um, it is much easier if you are le- and I know for a fact some companies have purposefully leaked things. Um, it's better to leak things and have control of the narrative than something get out that you don't want to get out. So I believe that if Samsung is not doing this, they should maybe consider doing it. I think Samsung is and has been doing it for a while. Maybe. Totally possible. President Greg, what you got for us, man? Well, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, nothing. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, I I guess. This is how Greg talks, by the way. What? This is actually how Greg talks. It's not that he doesn't have anything. He just this is the way he talks. Yeah, I, I you know I stutter a lot before I get into my thing. You know, I like to make sounds and then just go into it. <laughs> Samsung probably is leaking their stuff to their own. You know, to some extent, they probably left the you know the leaks pinned to their uh, Slack. From what I can see, that <laughs> uh, someone's like, "Do we put these up? Let's put these up." Uh, listen, it's either maybe the company as a whole isn't doing it. Obviously, you know, companies are huge entities. There's people inside the company that also want to control the narrative, too. Uh, If you worked on this phone and stuff like that, and all of a sudden you see this guy, Jimmy is promo, has the phone. You're like, what? This guy has the phone? Oh, man, we worked really hard at that. You know what? Let's try and take a little steam away from him. Let's just put these nice little images up of the of the note so everyone can see how how cool it looks and all that stuff. Um, But yeah, you know, I believe I believe Samsung might be controlling the leaks and. The thing I want them to leak, though, is the full two. And yes, we're getting yeah. conflicting reports. Uh, last week on GadgetCast, we reported no full two for this unpacked event. But now I'm hearing now I'm hearing yes, full two. Yes, full two will be announced. So I'm getting excited all over again because I think the full yeah. two is way more interesting than whatever this note ends up being, which is let's let's face it. It's going to be an S20 and an S20 Ultra with a stylus. That's it. Greg is on the money. Greg is on the money. Like you said, I am not that excited for the Note 20 because I, like Greg, I feel like it's going to be an enhanced Note uh, S20 Ultra. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I want the Fold 2. Now, like Greg was just saying, there have been some conflicting rumors about whether or not we will see the Fold 2 announced at Unpacked, but it's been recently uh, leaked that, yes, we will indeed see the Note, uh, the Fold 2 announced at Unpacked. So I'm excited again. Let's go. Yeah, it does. I hope so. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be as as the poets are saying. You know, fold two to be announced and then release later. That's fine. You know, if you want to announce it and then release it like a month or two later, I'm cool I'm with cool. that. I just want to cool. see the announcement and get yeah. 
get my uh, you know bank account in order so I can buy one. I need to I need to know how big of a hit I'm taking here. So you know, announce it. Give give me the two month warning, Samsung. I'll actually appreciate that. <laughs> let me let me beg for some super chats for like a, for two months as we try and get this uh, full full two. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited for the full two. I, I again we've talked about this so much on Gadgetcast by now. Renders and stuff like that look good. Uh, I think Max Weinbach is saying like high refresh rate obviously is coming to it. So it sounds like a souped up phone. The form factor looks good. Uh, my experience with the Z Flip, super positive, very, you know, durable as far as, you know, it being released and not breaking on you in like two seconds. Uh, so I think it's going to be a pretty interesting phone. And I'm also encouraged uh, when Max called into your show on the Vipe line and he said, like full two pricing going to start around like $1,700, $1,800, which I still don't believe. I'm like, no way. Yeah. That thing's going to be like 2500 this time. It looks too good. Yeah, let's hope he's right. But uh, yeah. the other thing that we haven't really talked about is that we need for our boy Travis to have his fold moment because he was robbed last year. He was robbed. We need Travis mm-hmm. to have his fold moment. Well, so I still might have my fold moment as an Amazon renewed thing, but um, for sure the two is happening. I mean, I, I I will definitely pass the the note up if the fold uh, is legitimately going to be announced. Like I, as someone who's had the fold since the two, or sorry, had the note since the note two, and consider myself a longtime note fan, the last one really bored me, and and the one before it kind of bored me too. Um, nothing that it's not a bad phone, it just bored me, and. Uh, I actually was super, I, I was, I had been so overwhelmed by the OnePlus 7 Pro. Like I was like, wow, this came out of nowhere and it's awesome hype. It's fast. It's great. That when the note came around, it was just a, more of the same. I was kind of like, I mean, yeah, it's still maybe the best phone Android side out there, but it just, eh, it, like it wasn't different enough. The fold is different enough. I'm hyped for that. Oh, oh, Travis out here. Like, oh, shot fired, shot fired on the podcast. I've been firing shots out there. Woo. That's right. I'm just being honest. I'm keeping it 1,000, baby. Keeping it 1,000. But, uh, you know, full, full two looks pretty cool and all, but what do, you, what do you think about those beans, Travis? You you into that? What is going on? Now, <laughs> I know some people are not going to know what we're talking about. Let's talk about these apparent. And can someone help me out? Why do they have such clear pictures of it? Did, have they been announced or they leaked again? They leaked, man. Everything this leaked. is ridiculous. How can you leak something so clear? That looked like marketing, like, <laughs> here, this is our new earphones. What are you talking about the leak? That ain't a leak. That's a leak, man. That is a most bogus leak I've ever heard of in my life. Anyway, for people who don't know, the new version of the uh, Galaxy uh, uh, pods or pad, whatever the heck they're called, Good. are coming at buds, are coming out, and they look like little lima or uh, pinto beans or something. Uh, I, I'm assuming because they fit the shape of your ear better, but they look weird. But allegedly, they're going to be really awesome, like with active noise cancellation and a bunch of other stuff. I just haven't really caught up on I haven't really paid attention. But only thing I've seen is just the images are so clear and clean. The video is so clear and clean. I'm like, this is not a leak. This is them showing it off, right? What do you mean it's not? This is not a leak. It can't. I mean, that's, it can't be a leak. It's ridiculous. So apparently, they are going to be called the Galaxy Buds Live, whatever that means. Great name, Samsung. You're really, you're really knocking out of the park with these names. <laughs> Samsung Galaxy Buds Live. Oh my gosh. Uh, what yeah. do you, what do you think of the beans, Viper? Are you a fan of the bean design, or you know, you know, when I when I first thought of bean, I'm like, what in the blue monkey nipple is this? But as I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? It's actually kind of ingenious because, like Travis was saying, they they're literally shaped to fit directly into your inner ear. Yeah. Um, 
So if they, I mean, obviously they won't feel like that for everybody because we all have different ear modes and shapes and things like that. But if they are designed in such a way where they can have a tight fit and provide a tight seal in your ear, they could be good. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen people, uh, dunking on these beans all over Twitter and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm kind of with you guys. Like I, I kind of like the beans. I, I feel like the design, if it's going to do something that enhances the overall sound quality, I'm all for it. I think like the Samsung buds and stuff like that, uh, you know, there's a lot of earbuds that look like that anyway. So if you can have a distinct look and they actually like make the sound better, I'm all for it. Give me the Samsung Sensu beans. I'll, I'll buy a pair if they're that good. The Sensu beans? That's the Sensu one. beans. That's a Dragon and Ball Z thing. The other thing, thing is, uh, with me being the captain of Team Apple, I own the AirPods Pro and the Galaxy Bud Plus, and they are actually on par with each other, much to my shock. Um, the, the Bud Plus sound just like the AirPods Pro. I mean, they sound almost alike. So if Samsung can make any type of enhancements on the Galaxy Buds Live, they might actually end up being better than the AirPods Pro, which is, that's, that's, that's next level for Samsung. So we got to see what happens. I just want to say, get me the beans and just like pop my beans into my ears. And then, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to wait for uh, El Jefe to review the beans and he's going to pretty much. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, you might be <laughs> waiting a while because El Jefe Jeff... kind of backlog there. <laughs> well, I, I think he'll I think he'll put the beans up, you know, up higher in priority. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that's a request from President McFadden, El Jefe. He wants you to, uh, to prioritize the beans. <laughs> was, was, he needs like a good slogan at the end of like his Galaxy Beans review, like. Get the beans. Galaxy beans. Galaxy, Galaxy beans review. Beans. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, listen, I want to talk about something besides Samsung. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we we talk about Samsung a lot on the show, actually, which is fine. They have an event coming up, but yeah, it uh, is our show. well, it's half a show. You know, me and Travis kind of own own it, and uh, you know, sometimes we fight over it, and uh, we don't know <laughs> who's getting custody when we break it, okay. up. <laughs> You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to build suspense, Travis. Uh, Gadget beans. I like that. Uh, Listen, there was a lot of cameras announced recently. Now, I know maybe Travis isn't like the biggest camera guy. You just order like a lens, though, Travis. Maybe you're maybe you're coming on the camera team. Uh, But I got to say, as someone who likes to think they're good at camera stuff, which, you know, I'm not. there's been some impressive cameras, and we have a big Sony one at the end of the month that I'm a little more interested in, uh, the A7, uh, AS7 III, right? Yeah, Sony mm-hmm. naming. Yep. Uh, but what? Uh, Blackmagic announced a 12K camera. Canon just yeah. came out with 8K cameras. Uh, the ESR5 is the 8K, and then the R6 is like the 4K one. Yep. Uh, so it's an exciting time for cameras. Like I got a, that black magic 12 K video camera. I almost can't believe like is a, is an expensive camera. It's a thousand dollar camera, but at the same time, it's a 12 K camera. That's only, that's only $10,000, which, which sounds crazy to say, right? It's only $10,000, but that's pretty inexpensive in the higher end camera world. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just like, yeah, 8K. Everyone's talking about 8K with this Canon thing. All of a sudden, you have this camera company come out and just go, yeah, we're just going to do 12K. <laughs> and it's like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, well, that and when you get into high-end video production, you don't realize, well, Blackmagic, uh, their their products have been really well-priced yeah. for a long time. Their pocket for uh, BMKK is like is ridiculously priced. It, it, you get great quality out of it. It does have some, some limitations, but 
the quality out of it's great and it has been for a long time and it's not expensive for what it is so <clears throat> there are a lot of a lot of people are, are kind of talking about 12k and like you know is it is it worth do you have to have 12k i mean it is like the first kind of prosumer camera at 12 i mean that's it's crazy like who's thinking about that people are yeah. just now thinking about 8k like who's thinking about 12k i don't know but i think that and the other problem with whenever i see something like this someone who jumps way ahead of everything so i don't know if you guys remember this i believe it was either and anyone in the chat want to correct me it's either the note four maybe even three but i think at least the note four had 4k video uh shooting you can shoot like 4k but it was a long time ago like mm -hmm. it was it's surprisingly how long ago it was by the time 4K video made sense to shoot, to shoot it on a note didn't make it doesn't make sense even today, because the quality isn't what a 4K of any can, any phone today could put out, regardless of the resolution. So whenever I see a piece of hardware go way above and beyond what's the norm, I I celebrate it by saying that's cool, keep pushing the envelope. But I know that by the time you're using that sort of production, you're not using that product. Because it was never, mm. it doesn't get any of the benefits of everything that will be better between now and then for 12K. So in my mind, it's a non, it's a non thing. It doesn't matter. It's not, a, I mean, it does 12K, but for me, I would, I would laugh at most people shooting in 12K, not because, oh, you got to think about future proofing or anything like that. It's just that by the time 12K is a thing, other than a demo real thing, it, that will not be the camera you'll use. So to further Travis's point here, I was watching Taylor's Tech video about this today. And like he said, currently there is no screen on earth that can play 12K resolution. So you can just kill that. But I guess, I guess a good use of it is to like when you have to, if you shoot in 12K per se, if you like down sample or whatever to 4K, whatever, then your 4K is going to be looking immaculate because you're shot in 12K with a uh, down sample to 4K. Yeah. And kind of like uh, the camera that I'm using right now, the Sony A7 III. It shoots in 6K, but it down yeah. to 4K. So the 4K looks a lot better. I think you can crop in and not lose any detail and things like that. So the down sampling will be amazing on that camera. But again, nobody is going to be able to take care of, uh, take advantage of 12K as far as actually outputting that actual resolution because nothing on earth is this that can actually handle that resolution, not to mention all that data information that has to go through to even reach 12K. The crazy thing is my computer... And it's not an old computer at all. I, you know, I had it built last year. Um, I, I can't really run 4K 60 on YouTube. Like it, it's slow. It's it it hustles. And this is a powerful computer to play back 4K 60. It's like, okay, look, bro, settle down. You didn't pay that much money for me. So, uh, to I mean, it's listen, do it, push it, push the envelope. You should do that. Do that thing. Do it. But I, I I'm not like, oh my god, 12K. It's a new thing. I got to do thing. No. The that's, other, not, that's not what's happening. The other thing that I think is pretty amazing is that about what, maybe six, seven years ago, cell phones kind of destroyed the camera industry. Nobody cared about DSLR. Nobody cared about mirrorless because, you know, what they say, the best camera is the ones you have on your person. And what do we have always on our person is cell phones. So I think most of us were using cell phones maybe eight, seven, eight, nine years ago for all of our camera needs. So the camera industry was pretty much dead and dying. But I think us as creators, the creative collective kind of revitalized the camera industry because now you got everybody and their mama starting a YouTube channel. Then you got these other creators that have been in the game for so long upgrading their camera gear like Marquez and Jonathan. Hell, even I got a Sony a So with the with the large amount of creators that are coming onto the platform and coming onto the other platform uh, wanting to have the pretty good camera gear, 
we yeah, we up almost single-handedly revitalized the camera industry with all these different cameras. And now all these companies are competing to get our dollars because you got Sony, Canon, Nikon, Fuji, everybody competing to get our eyes and our money because the creative industry is we're, we're using all the cameras, man. And it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would say like revitalized or resurrected like the camera industry because I feel like it's just an industry in decline. And I think we see cameras like this now because of what you said, Viper. There's creators now, and that's kind of their market is targeting people like us rather than, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's, uh, you know, I don't think many parents are out there looking at DSLRs when they want to take pictures of their kids. They're going like, well, my phone's good enough and I always have that on me. They're more likely to upgrade their phone to get the better camera every year rather than actually just going out and buying a big camera, which would probably get them better pictures uh, in the long run. But, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely going more towards us, like these creators. There's more creators than ever. There's more YouTubers than ever. There's more people trying to get on even new platforms like TikTok, even though that's mostly just cell phone footage now. Uh, you know, there's always that infancy stage where people accept, like, lower quality, but someone's eventually going to raise the bar on even TikTok, and then people might be like, well, I actually need a DSLR that actually shoots in a vertical video mode, and then it can get some really sharp resolution. That's going to make my video stand out even more on the platform um for this 12k black magic camera though i think it speaks perfectly to this market this is definitely not targeted at someone making a hollywood movie this is kind of targeted at people like us who are like you know what i kind of want to step up my game here and the 12k stuff it kind of sounds like oh you don't need that like you're right travis nothing can play like 12k right like it's just not happening here mm -hmm. uh but yeah. Don't forget how much you can crop in on an image with 12K. Uh, you can zoom in pretty far and do some nice digital zooming. And that's a technique I use on my videos a lot. I'm, you know, I'm not making like the greatest videos, but again, I use a 4K. I use the A7 III, like Viper said, we get the 6K, right? And it down samples. And mm -hmm. you can crop in a pretty nice distance and still preserve quality. Uh, but mm -hmm. I would love the ability to crop in even more. Because uh, <clears throat> there's times where like, there's times where you have to like bust out like a macro lens to get like a really nice detailed shot of something up close. I'm guessing with a good enough lens and 12K video, uh, you could just crop in and get some pretty nice pristine results, which would be pretty cool. All I'm Come saying on. is at the end of the day, all, at the end of the day, I say MKBHD shoots an 8K. I, if I get this, you know, I just beat them to 12K. And I think that's, you know. Come on, come on, come on, Greg. So... You just said that you feel like the camera industry, even right now, is in decline. You, you really yeah. care anything in decline right now? Yeah. Even the everyday dad believes that. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons he pivoted. He actually talked about that on our podcast. He thinks it's. I think, I think as cell phones, I mean, you look at the what cell phones are capable now of taking pictures and video. Uh, I look at some of this iPhone 11 video and I compare it against uh, like the ZV1. I was doing like test footage comparing it. Man, it's close. Uh, the ZV-1 obviously has a little bit more depth of field and stuff like that. You can play around with the image a bit more. But the colors that just come out of the iPhone, the dynamic range in, in that cell phone camera, it's outstanding. Uh, it does yeah. great video. I mean, the ZV-1 can't do 4K 60 frames per second. The iPhone 11 can, right? Um, cell phones are taking over this industry. Uh, you don't, you know, what's our number one advice to anyone looking to start a YouTube channel? Yeah, use your phone. It's good enough. Uh, most people aren't even going to notice. I think the camera industry is in decline. I think it's moving over more to a niche-oriented industry. I think a lot of these recent products kind of showcase that. There's nothing wrong with that. It happens to plenty of industries. But the idea of the average consumer going out to buy a dedicated uh, 
still picture camera or video camera. It's like a thing of the past at this point. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it, it, if these phones, well, again, I've been using the iPhone 11 Pro Max as my B-roll camera for the last couple of months now and have never w- had one person say that it looked weird or bad or anything like that. Uh, or even out of context with my other shots. So um, I don't know. It, it does such a great job. And smartphone cameras are just getting better that most people are going to be like, why do I need to go buy a camera? Because who's going to want to carry that around separate from their phone? They're always carrying their phone. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it. And they and again, phones have so much processing power now that half of the image is done by the processor. It's not even right. about like the lens and stuff anymore. So. Um, it's always going to have that ahead of most little point and shoots and stuff. And, uh, yeah, if I'm one of those companies, you got to really go to content creation. Cause that's, that's about the only thing that's really left. Listen, Travis, nobody going to question that you are doing B-roll when you do B-roll, because anytime you do B-roll, Travis, it's a national holiday. So nobody's going to question what Travis is doing B-roll. Nobody's going to question that. Well, they're going to wonder what the heck's going on is what's going on. <laughs> I saw I saw in your S10e review there was some B-roll. I'm like, what's going on here? Travis is uh, breaking format. I don't know about it's this. because it's it's because when I do was that with your iPhone? Stuff, I I got it. Yeah, all that. Yeah, every every all the shots are. Yeah, I saw you outside. And it has to be I'm because like, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. It's not uh, bad. I'm not saying camera industry is like going to disappear tomorrow or ever. I there's always going to be a need. I think for some sort of high end cameras. I just think it gets more expensive. It gets a little bit more niched. I think again we're seeing specialized video cameras being released targeting us, right? Like again, Hollywood can spend $50,000 on a camera and not blink an eye. They, they got to, you know, they're spending tons of money on that. Uh, but this 12 K camera, I think is targeted at people like us making YouTube stuff. Uh, people, you know, maybe like the Jonathan Morrison type, you know, they, they need a good camera for $10,000. Uh, I think they're instantly looking at something like this and going, you know, maybe that might work for my production workflow because we're also in this weird it's a great time as to be a content creator. It's a great time to be into anything. If it's watching YouTube videos, TikToks, or even all these streaming services we have on now, uh, people are making lower and lower uh, budget stuff that competes with, you know, studios that can outspend them, you know, <laughs> you know, 3000 to one, right? Uh, and people are able to compete because of a lot of these nice cameras and stuff like that. You can make some really nice stuff on a pretty shoestring budget at this point. It's really inspiring, actually. Um, now, I do want to say this before I miss my point. Uh, I just want to no, Yeah. Another thing to look at the so the camera decline. It's a good way to compare it is to laptops and desktops. There's less laptops and the PC industry is kind of in decline. No one's saying that PCs are ever going to go away fully, but every year less people need a desktop because they're like, well, my phone's good enough. So I don't need to go out and buy the expensive desktop anymore. Yeah. Well, before we start completely wrapping this up, let's real quick talk a little bit to Viper just about what he's been doing on his uh, podcast and his main channel. Uh, Main channel, really, uh, if you have not seen Viper's stuff before, there will be a link in uh, the description when I remember to do it after this podcast and, of course, in the show notes below. But more importantly, like if you're an Apple, you go to his main site. But if you're into anything else, if you just want to hear some really incredible creators talk and talk about things they don't normally talk about, you got to go to his podcast, which has really done some amazing things in the last year and a half. You've had people on your podcast that um, that have either not been on other podcasts very often or sometimes not at all. And then in some cases, very definitively, you, perhaps more than anyone, 
have been told so many times, oh, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to be too small. You're not going to be able to get these people. Yet you've had some of the biggest creators on the platform uh, on your podcast. Talk a little bit about how you've done that, what it's what the journey has been like, and if you have advice for someone who's just starting out and going, I want to be able to do this thing, but people are telling me I can't do it. You've literally been through it. So before I ever became a creator on YouTube, I watched YouTube for probably over a decade. So I've been watching Marquez. I've been watching Justine. I've been watching Austin. I've been watching Flawless. I've been watching these people for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. So I was always in their comment sections or in their live stream community. So they they knew of me. I mean, obviously they didn't know who I was, but they knew of me. So when I became a creator three years ago and I started, like you said, I started the podcast and live streaming like about uh, almost two years ago. Uh, reaching out wasn't really that big of a deal to me because I'm like, all right, if I reach out to such and such, at least when they see Viper, they, they don't know that that's somebody that's been in their community before. I'm not just some random Joe Schmo trying to get them to be on a podcast. The other thing, which is what I tell everybody, anybody that's trying to collaborate with any other creator, is if you reach out to a bigger creator, you better have a body of work. You better have a resume because they're going to vet you. And what I mean by that, for those of y'all that might not be familiar with the lingo is, when Viper reaches out to an I just theme, I just theme is not going to be like, oh, oh, Viper, yes, I'll be on your or your uh, podcast, your channel. No, what I just think going to do is she's going to click on my name, go to my YouTube channel and check out my content. She's going to make sure that I'm above board. She followed me on Twitter for like two months before she even replied to me in a DM. So she was watching me. She watched the content. She followed me on Twitter for a while. And then one day out of the blue, she she decided to respond to my Twitter DM. And then obviously we got together and we, and we had her on the podcast. But again, people aren't, aren't just going to work with you just because they, they're this charity and they're, they're like, oh, my God, they're going to work with you. No, they want to know that you are serious, because as all of us on the panel know, we have been doing it a long enough time that we take what we do very seriously. And, and most of the bigger creators that have been doing it for longer than us, they take it even more seriously because it's their livelihood, it's their lifeline. So when you reach out to work with other people like that, they are going to want to know that you are serious, that you are about that business. So there, there's no, I mean, it, I'm, it, I'm really tired of hearing about this whole taboo about smaller creators reaching out to bigger creators. That's not the thing. The thing is, if you're reaching out, have some value to offer for the bigger creator. I mean, what, what, what can you offer them? Now, obviously, me talking to Justine, I couldn't really offer her much, but it did open her up to some people that she never seen before, who have never seen her content before. I mean, because you, you'd be, you be surprised how many times, like, when bigger creators um, are on my podcast and some people are in a chat like, oh, I mean, I, didn't, I hadn't watched that person in a while. They're pretty down to earth. Or, oh, I didn't know about this person. Let me go check out their content. So even me being as small as I am, I can still offer value to bigger creators because I can open them up to new audiences that they had not been opened up to before. So, But it's all about having that body of work and being about that business to the point where they will take you seriously enough to even consider working with you. So you can reach out if you're a small creator. Just make sure you have a body of work. Just make sure you can provide value. And don't be a creep about it. I mean, it took me a long time to nail John to nail down Justine. Two years took me a long time to nail down Marquez. Took me a long time to nail down Sarah Dietschy, Jacqueline. I mean, this stuff takes time. You got to be patient. You got to understand that these people are busy AF and they're not going to be able to respond to you immediately. But if you're patient and you just keep keep at it, it can happen. Yeah, very and well it's said. something that's important. Uh, by the way, um, 
I, I recently started, I'm doing a contest this week for small tech creators, small, I don't even like to call them that tech creators under 2000 subscribers where I'm doing like a giveaway and stuff. And I'm super excited about doing it. And it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And I want to do more in the future. And it's mainly because of what Viper just talked about, because I remember, you know, when I was first starting out, uh, just reading forums, trying to understand how YouTube worked and everything. And I remember reading like as one, a couple posts about collabs and that larger creators will never collab with you and stuff until you're like big. And, you know, before I hit 10,000 subscribers, I had collabs with like Jonathan Morrison and uh, Michael Fisher and like all these people. And, and Viper is the same exact way. He is, he is literally like gone out and got the biggest names on the platform to come sit down and talk. And it just proves the point, man. Like you, as long as you're bringing value, the rest just kind of, makes it it just it just kind of works man so um yeah you gave a lot of good good advice <clears> there don't be a creep don't be crazy just you bring value and i think i totally agree with all of that yeah i see a lot of people like thinking like oh because i uploaded one video i instantly get access to this community i am also a tech creator mm, just like right. you <laughs> and we're all in this together but you know you have to you have to put in the work. You can't you you know put yourself in the other person's situation, right? Imagine how many people come across uh, me, Travis, even Viper, I'm sure, and have like just tons of requests for them like all the time. And you have to think like at a certain point, you can't just let everyone onto your show. It would be chaos, right? If everyone's like, oh, yeah. Greg, let me on your show. I'm, I love tech too. It's like, well, it could be chaos because then then I got to let this person on. Then I got to let that person on. Then I got to let this person on. So as long as you do the work, your content will, it'll elevate up. People will see that you're putting in the work and they'll want to talk to you. You know, don't, don't be like, oh, talk to me. Give me, you know, give me like this time. If you put in the work, people will want to talk to you. And that's, it's a cool thing when that happens, right? I think we've all experienced that at this point. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Viper, let me ask you though. You've had a lot of high profile guests on. A lot. More than gadget cast. I'm gonna I'm just gonna be honest. Viper, you know, he is the ultimate guest get. You know, I should probably just throw uh, Viper a few dollars at the end of the show and be like, Can you get me this person, can you get me that person, give me that person. Uh, but Viper, who is the one guest that you want to talk to more than anyone else? And it can be anyone in the world. You don't have to, you know, be a YouTuber. Who is the one guest you want to see on uh on a Vipe drive? I was just asked this recently. Um hmm. one person that I want to get on the podcast that I have not been able to get on the podcast yet will be Fawcett Carter. Oh, like yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had him on the live stream before, but that was like two, almost that was that was literally two years ago. So, mm. um, and I think more recently we've been I was on his live stream earlier this year. But I would love to let have like a one on one like podcast type chat with him because I've never been able to do that. So that would be pretty cool. There you go, you That's got it. That's a good Listen, one. Uh, you know, we did the I Justine campaign. We got I Justine. We might have to we might have to enable the Flossy campaign. You know. <laughs> But just don't, you know, don't mess with floss because, you know, I'm not responsible for anything that happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap it up, though, can we talk about something else, though? All right, Viper, pick up the top. What What's the topic you want to talk about? We got to talk about PS5 and Xbox Series uh, X, man. I mean, I, I know I'm inside. I know Greg is inside. I haven't really heard too much from Travis about this. Travis, are you looking forward to any of these consoles? They're just like, I don't care. Yeah, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I personally... um I like gaming and stuff and I enjoy it. I'm more of an Xbox guy, but I've always owned both platforms um, pretty much since the beginning. 
but the amount of time and stuff that I'm able to even put into gaming is so low that it's it's hard to even guess that I will upgrade. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe not. But the reality is, like, I'm playing so few games, even though I love them, other than my arcades, that I, it doesn't make financial sense. But you know what I want to do is that when I get when I get my main channel to 100,000, I start my other channel, whatever. I do want to have like a Twitch t- channel thing going on. Um, so I would probably, and I do have Twitch, by the way, if anyone wants to go to Travis MCP, but, um, you don't have mixer if, anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I was on mixer, but I ain't got no mixer no more. Uh, so definitely come on through. I did, uh, I did do a couple of, um, Twitch streams the other day. People seem to like those. So I, at some point I will. And if that, at that point I'm like, okay, it's time to get into it. Uh, we'll make the determination then. But at the moment, it's cool to see both with kick-ass machines and i'm i'm super excited to see uh what ends up happening i know greg is a ps5 guy though whoa travis whoa through all of that travis i heard something about you starting a second channel what's that about oh that that's gonna happen but not until i'm it's gonna happen no 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 don't just gloss over that travis what is the second channel about what are you talking about travis what's going on man i don't know yet but it's it's not it's not gonna be tech it's not gonna be tech at all it's not it's not it's a completely different direction I, I think I think Onimaru in the chat might have the winning idea. There's got to be a gadget cast game stream one day. I feel like I got to take oh, Travis on in a in a contest. I think you know we should. We 100 percent sure, and we can do that. We can do that here on YouTube. Absolutely, 100. We, we, we might we might throw something up. We should do like a we should do something with that. You know, Onimaru, that's a great idea. I like that idea. Uh, yeah. Listen, PS5 is the only console you got to get digital or physical. I won't judge you on which one you get. Don't get the Xbox. What is it called? The Series X. I don't know. Hey, settle down. Hey, Microsoft. Down. All you need to know about Microsoft is they discontinued the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S uh, just before the Series X. You can't buy one anymore. That is, so that is really that's terrible. all you need I to know about Xbox how one. Microsoft thinks of you and how they support their consoles in the long run. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying. Sony all the way. The design looks cool. And you know what? I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now. Viper has actually watched me play on Twitch. We're all plugging our Twitch channels now. Viper, you need to go on Twitch. And uh, it's a pretty fun game. So I'm just going to say Sony Sony wins. Okay? Sony I Pony. That PS5, I will definitely have to pick that up back or compatible. Baby. If, we all cool. get a, if we all get a PS5, I just say, you know, we can all play together. And I, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fun. Right, Travis? We're going to listen. We're going to have all types of fun. Listen, and we'll stream it here on the YouTube channel. Of course. Listen, I think this was a good show. I do. I do want to bring him in, though. I do want to bring him in. I just can't resist oh, sure. the temptation of bringing, you know, Willie do. I think it was a great show. I don't even think we need you anymore. Yeah, there's a lot of assumptions there. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, okay. there are a lot of assumptions there. But are you going to be on next week and join us again? Willie do. Oh, yeah. You're here to stay. What do you? What do you what do you think uh, was the most interesting story of the day? Usually, the most interesting is science stories. Mm. All right. Well, we'll we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week, Willie. Do yeah. Okay. So funny story about that. I remember when Greg would tell me about how he had to comb through hours of content to try to get sound clips. What are you talking about? Not find what, anything. So what, what sound so, clips? Willie do's here. <laughs> so I so I was watching the recent clip. Uh, I think Lou and Willie were talking about uh they were talking about something, and Greg is absolutely right. Willie Duke doesn't get much out of all. Lou like Lou like doesn't hardly love mm. talking when he does talk like one or two words and that's it. Like that is like that just kind of blows my mind. That's what I'm saying. Uh that's yeah. Right. 
Like, <laughs> Lou, yeah. like, Lou, if you listen to your boy Barb, you need to let Lily, Willie do talk. Let, let him express himself. Well, that, that's why Willie Do's on this show. We give him we give him full <laughs> expression here on GadgetCast. Right, Willie Do? We give you everything you've ever wanted. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank we want oh, thanks, Willie Do. We appreciate Viper for joining us. Of course, you can check him out. Uh, we'll have links to all of his stuff uh, in the show notes. If you're listening to audio, and of course, leave us some of those amazing, really cool, amazing, amazing uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you can leave uh, reviews. Thank you very much. Maybe even on Yelp. Why not? Just because. Uh, but listen, this has been it. He's Viper. I'm Greg. I did it again. See you next week. Space travel.